This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. $5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SAVE to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. If Aikisha's out there and I'm passing by and she's outside fighting on the side of the road, I'm pulling over, taking my shoes, and I'm helping her. But the crazy thing about that, Carlos, I would do that for each and every one of these ladies on the show, even if they would not do it for me. That's my character. That is my character. I'm used to cheering for people who do not cheer for me, and I'm okay with that. Stay tuned. We'll get to my conversation with Tamara Sheree right after these quick ads. Hey, Raindrops. So before we get to my interview with Tamara Cherie, girl, <laughs> we got something to talk about. Yes, we got a few things to talk about, actually, on this fine Friday. So first thing first, we got to get into what's been happening in the streets of Atlanta. And y'all know what I'm talking about. Martell Hope, baby, filming for the Real Housewives of Atlanta. We've seen the pictures. We've seen the photos. We've seen the videos. Honey, we've seen it all. I'll just talk about the stuff that we've seen online. And who knows? Maybe I'll confirm some stuff. Yes. Okay. So, we have all have been seeing pictures of Sonya Richards Ross' husband, Ross. That's his name, right? Ross. Yes. He had a birthday party. I believe it was his 40th birthday party. And he had a great Gatsby theme. <sighs> so look, if I see one more great Gatsby theme, I am going to poke myself in the eyeball. Ross had a great Gatsby theme because that's what men who are turning 40 want. Okay, whatever, child. I mean, I, I digress. Okay, so Martel showed up with his boo, Sheree. And there's a video that has leaked online that appears to show Martel filming with Sheree by his side and Kenya Legend Moore across from him. And um, a lot of people are speculating whether or not Kenya and Martel were having a heated discussion. Like, what was going on? So... Look, y'all about to get me in trouble, honey. I got bills to pay. 
The only thing I'll say is, <laughs> I heard it went down basement, and that, yep, Martell versus Kenya. To know that something may have went down with Martell and Kenya, one thing we know about Martell, Martell speaks his mind. Unlike most of the husbands on the show, Martell speaks his mind, and he goes off on anybody that he feels is going off on him. We've seen it on my show, Love and Marriage Huntsville, and Martell speaks his mind. He's a Capricorn. He pledged the fraternity Kappa Alpha Psi. So to know that him and a Titan like Kenya had a moment, oh, I, I can't wait. He's going to make sure that these women know, like, I, I'm not the husbands y'all used to. Like, I am going, if y'all go gutter, I am going um, <laughs> Jason, Friday the 13th, basement on ya. Okay? Martel ain't the one to play with. He's not. He's not. And it'll be interesting to see how Sheree handles it because, look, Sheree and Kenya are friends. And although I'm aware of what occurred, I'm not going to say it, but I am curious to see whether or not Sheree is able to, you know, defend her man without losing her friendship with Kenya. Because one thing we know is Kenya and Sheree are really friends. In real life, they're neighbors, and they really do enjoy each other. They sit next to each other at the reunion. They had a good old kiki So it'll be very interesting to see what happens. Kenya is just somebody who is a force multiplier. And look, Martell is one of the best male force multipliers on reality television. I don't think (laughs) those peaches are ready for the likes of Martell Holt. And what's so interesting is, not since Peter Thomas, have you seen a husband on the show just speak his mind and don't care if he's involved in the women's business or not. So it'll be interesting. Now look, Martell is still, I want to make it very clear, my loves, Martell is still very much a part of the Love and Marriage Huntsville universe. So, you know, he went over there to play with the girls for a second. That's cute. So the only thing I'm going to say is, (laughs) buckle up. Because I can't wait to get my hands on Sheree Whitfield in Huntsville. (laughs) Stay tuned. Speaking of Love and Marriage Huntsville, last week's episode was the most anticipated episode of the season. And you finally got to see what happened at Destiny Madani location where Melody, Miss Wanda, um, Martel, and Marceau, like this big old melee that happened. And let's talk about it. What's going to be interesting to see is how the cast is able to move forward after this. Um, Which, yes, you're going to see episodes where they talk about it. You're going to see episodes where the original six, the Scots, the Holtz, and Scott's 2.0 have a conversation about what happened. You're going to see Marceau and Tisha talk to Miss Wanda. You're going to see 
a very interesting way of how adults deal with a situation to where something heated happened. The best thing I love about this show is this cast is super real, but they're also very super aware of their position. And that's why when you see what happens after this melee, you're going to see a very mature conversation just about respect. And what also makes me happy is the fact that no punches were thrown, no hits were landed, and that's what we like to see on reality television. Y'all could tweet me all day long about ratchet this, ratchet that. I'm happy that no one got hurt. I'm happy that these grown adults felt the need to have this heated moment, but also knew to separate themselves from it. And that's something that should be applauded. And we will get more into this at the upcoming reunion that's taping in a few weeks. But the main thing that I want to address is this this social media commentary about the word ratchet. I feel like it's overused and y'all are using it a lot when it comes to Black people having a very heated moment on reality television. Y'all don't use the word ratchet when Teresa July flipped the table. Y'all don't use the word ratchet when Lisa Renna put a glass on the table, broke the glass, and threw a drink at Kim Richards. Y'all only use the word ratchet as it applies to Black people. And that pisses me off. And it pisses me off because it's the Black audience, some of y'all, who run with that narrative. It's the real world, everyone. In the real world, I don't know any families or friendships, Black, White, Asian, or Latino, where people haven't had a huge disagreement that escalated and people wanting to defend each other. That's, that's life. White folks do it. Black folks do it. Everyone does it. But still, y'all use the word ratchet as it relates to what happened in this episode. And then y'all love to say, well, oh my gosh, y'all make Black people look bad. Let me tell y'all something. You are responsible for yourself. Not one person of color should feel that they carry the weight of the community on their shoulders. And we all make mistakes. What's the point of living this life if you're going to live this life without making mistakes? We all make mistakes. When you guys saw Will Smith slap Chris Rock, I don't think the word ratchet was ever used. And that was a physical contact. And what's so interesting about that moment is that happened on a mainstream stage called the Academy Awards. But that was an act of physical contact. So that's not ratchet. But Black people having a heated moment is. You need to look deep down inside and figure out where it comes from and, and why you feel the need to say it and why you feel the need to care what the white community feels about you. It's a very deeper conversation in terms of why you feel the need to judge a, a group of Black folks that had a moment that they apologized for and moved on from it. Why can't you move on from it? Why you have to put labels on us? That's some deep-rooted shit 
that some of you guys need to figure out. Moving on. <laughs> Ooh, Pastor King came out, baby. Okay, let me let me stop. So as you all know, the Real Housewives of Potomac is back. Yes! You know that's one of my favorite franchises. I love this show so much. Mia, who is in her second season of the Real Housewives of Potomac, she recently tweeted a video of an upcoming friend to the show named Jacqueline. She it, it appeared she was being filmed cussing somebody out. And they're trying to say that it was like her baby daddy or something like that. So long story short... Mia posted the video, and I'm paraphrasing because Mia deleted um, the post. Uh, (laughs) But Mia called out violence and how violence is not okay, blah, 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 blah. So Dr. Wendy saw that and responded to Mia and said, and I quote, Girl, I know you're not talking about not condoning violence. You threw a drink on me and hit me with your purse multiple times, breaking three nails in the process. You are the poster child for violence. Okay, what we saw on the super trailer for this season of The Real Housewives of Potomac is the fact that Mia did throw a drink in Dr. Wendy's face. And yes... It happened at Bar One, Miami. And yes, that is Peter Thomas Restaurant. (laughs) Oh, Lord Jesus. So, raindrops. Dr. Wendy just spilled some tea. Girl, I didn't know y'all got to... Wait, was this a physical fight? I thought she threw a drink on you and then y'all were pulled away by security. But Dr. Wendy is alleging that Mia hit her with her purse multiple times and she broke three of her nails in the process? Okay. Um, that's not okay. And look, I like Mia. I think Mia is a great housewife. I just don't think it's interesting when you have to have a physical fight in order to have a moment. But I'm also aware that shit just happens. My hope is that Dr. Wendy and Mia are able to move on from this. Well, child, Carlos Reginald King the first. You just saw that <laughs> Dr. Wendy blasted her. So ain't no moving on. Okay, I had to talk to myself. Okay. So, yeah, it looks like they ain't gonna move on from it. So raindrops, I want to hear from you. How do you guys feel about physical violence on reality television? Do you think it ruins the show? Do you think it's unnecessary? Or do you think it shouldn't happen at all and we shouldn't air it? I I really want to hear that. And again, I'm somebody who's aware that shit just happens. But one thing that I talk to my cast about, whether it's Love & Marriage Huntsville, Love & Marriage DC, Bell Collective, etc., etc., I talk to them about using the power of your words in order to defend yourself. Because that's what I would like to see in any situation. Let's talk about it. Let's have an open discussion. And make sure you hashtag reality 
with the king. And without further ado, here is my conversation with Tama Sheree. Whoo, child, we talked about so much stuff after the part two Bell Collector reunion. Oh, raindrops, we got the midday diva in the building today. Bell Collector star, Miss Tambra Sheree. Hey, girl. Hey, Carlos, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. Listen, we have to get into this overall season of Bell Collective. The reunion has aired. A lot of people have a lot to say, but before we get into all of that, Tambra, I want the listeners to get to know you. Talk to us, Tambra, about how did you get started in radio, being the midday diva, knowing that you come from very humble beginnings in Jackson, Mississippi? I started in college through a internship. My major is not mass communications. I actually went to, I was in business school in management and marketing. I have an MBA degree, but I realized when I interned at a corporation, I would finish the work really fast. I would start looking at entertainment news. <laughs> like that, my, I would start listening to music. Like I loved entertainment. So I interned at a radio station. And from there, the rest is history. And how long have you been a radio personality? Because, listen, we like to humble brag on Reality with the King because I believe in giving people their flowers, especially while they're still alive. So you have been the number one midday diva in Jackson, Mississippi for a very long time. Talk to us about that and what is your goal with being this radio personality that now is a television personality? Well, honestly, this is my third radio station throughout my career. This is my third. Yes. <laughs> so, so yes, I started, I started as an entertainment news reporter. I started, I was doing overnights when I was interning. Then when I became actually on air, I started doing entertainment news and I was doing an entertainment news reporter in the afternoons on another station. And then when I, how I came to 97 is Black owners bought this station. I was doing television in this market. I was actually doing television on CW34. I was doing an entertainment television program where I was interviewing artists and covering events on that show as well. So that's how I, and then they came, they found out about me and I don't even remember interviewing for the job. I, I don't remember filling out an application. I just came in and it was like, you're hired. And that's my story. I will say this, and then you'll learn this about me as far as like internships. I remember the very first time I did intern at a radio station. I remember walking in and they were putting me with the midday personality that was at that radio station. And I was so excited because I loved, like this person was super talented. I listened to her every day. So I was excited. And the program director walked me in and he was like, you'll be interning with her. Soon as he walked out, she's like, I do not know why they brought you in here. I don't even do interns. And that lady did not speak to me for weeks. I would just do her entertainment news. Ooh. Exactly. Exactly. And we're friends to this day now. <laughs> now I grew on her, but I vowed to never do another female in this industry like I was done. Mm. You know what is so interesting? Um, I'm so happy you shared that story because it reminds me of just how important internships are. So I got my start 
in this business being the king of internships because I'm a student of entertainment. So I would read endless articles and biographies of just celebrities, right? And Puff Daddy, this is like in the 90s, he would always say, intern, intern, intern. So long story short, I moved to New York City. I interned at The View, 2020, Primetime Live with Barbara Walters, MTV. And my last internship was at BET. And what you said about your experience is very similar to mine. Long story short, when you have a calling on your life, it can either make people embrace you or make people shun you because, I'm just going to say it, because of jealousy and their own insecurities. Long story short, this woman was so mean to me, okay? She <laughs> she was the um, department head of the, the network, and she did not like me at all. So mind you, I was 25 years old at this time. While some people think at 25, you need to be making six figures and at the, the height of your career. No, my journey was different. So I was 25 years old, still in college, and this woman hated on me so much that she would never speak to me. She saw how other people loved me and admired my work. And when I got hired to be a production assistant, I got paid less than my white counterpart, who was also an intern that got promoted to be a PA. And he and I exchanged stories about how much we're making. And I realized he was making $50 more than me. And I was devastated. Like, I'm this black boy trying to make it at this network, and you're paying this white boy $50 more than me. Okay, it gets worse. Then I got this PA job. She told my boss to fire me, and she said, I just don't like him. He, he walks around smiling all day. He's, <laughs> he's always happy, which means he's not working. And all I see him do is talk to people. Um, this, this, whatever. So long story short, it goes to show you that when you are coming up in this business, it's not always the T to match negativity with negativity. And you always have to stand into your purpose and know that people's problems with you has nothing to do with you. And then you have to rise above it. And look where I am now. Look where you are now. And I know my listeners are either starting in their career or already into their career. And some may be interns. Our purpose is to share these stories so that when people are going through this experience right now, they know never match the energy. Always rise above it. And I guarantee you, you're going to win in the end. Yes, absolutely. Because you can easily get discouraged in this industry. We go through things. So what it is, when I find women who genuinely care about you and who genuinely want to see other women win, I love that because I did not have that. Baby, I hate to interrupt, but stay tuned because we'll get back into my conversation with Tama Cherie right after this quick break. This is Reality with the King, and I'm Carlos King. Let's get back into my conversation with Tambra Cherie. 
Let's get started about Bell Collective, a show about women supporting women. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure? Is that is that what it's about? Are you sure? <laughs> Well, honey, I watched it, and so did millions of people because this season was litty. Okay. Yes. So yes. when Bell Collective first came around, I'm gonna give y'all some insider tea. <clears throat> so long story short, I decided to go through this um, consultation where this wonderful guy named Jacoby McGee was like, "I want uh, you know, I want to pitch a show to you, Mr. King, about um, Letitia Pierce's brunch. Um, I want the show to be about that." And I was like, uh, I don't know. That's too small. I like to think bigger. And I said, I want to do a show about the movers and shakers of Jackson, Mississippi. Um, black women who are married or in relationships or just, just to show the success of these women. And also to show that you don't have to live in the big cities in order to be successful. And long story short, I met Letitia and I, I got a chance to meet all these women. Tambra Cherie was not a part of the pilot. <laughs> so this is what happens oftentimes in television. So when you pitch a reality show to a network, nine times out of 10, you have to shoot a pilot. It's called a proof of concept. You have to show if this show is worthy of being greenlit to a series where you get multiple episodes. So we did the pilot with five Black women in Jackson. Uh, we have Marie, Latrice, Letitia, Antoinette, and another female. And the show was great. The pilot was great. We got picked up to a series. A few weeks before filming, one of the ladies backed out. And we were like, oh my gosh, what's about to happen? That guy, Jacoby, I said, look, honey, <laughs> can you give me some more names? of entrepreneur women and Jackson. I got a list of names. I saw Tambra Cherie's tape. And I said, there is something special about this woman. I never told you this story, Tambra. I said, there's something special about her. She has star quality. She's super humble. And I just love the fact that she was born and raised in Jackson. And then I pitched you to the network. And they said, we see what you see. And Miss Tambra got a call, and two weeks later, she started filming Bell Collective. Yes, Tambra! Yes. It, it was very fast for me. I, yes. Thank you, Carlos. Thank you. And I tell people all the time, they're like, how long? I said, no, for me, it went by so fast. And I was the last person to pretty much come on this show, and the process went very, very fast. Like, we interviewed, and I literally felt like I was filming, like you said, just weeks later. And I'm thankful for that, because that goes back to say, when God has something for you, it's for you. And I strongly believe that. I And I was no. already familiar with you. I was already <laughs> oh, you familiar were? with you. Yes, I was already familiar with you, your work. Like, it's just like an alignment. And I share this story all the time. In that particular year, when I received that call, I had own on my vision board. I had a <gasps> picture of Oprah Winfrey on my vision board. <gasps> I did. But in my mind, I was thinking because I have a book. My book, Surrounded by Sin, Grounded by Love. I had this book, and I knew Oprah had a book club. So when I did that vision board, I've always loved Oprah. 
Of course, I look up to her and I had owned, but I did not put the pieces together. There was, I was not thinking a reality show on own because I did not know anything about one. It's super inspirational and informational because I had no idea that you had Oprah and own on your vision board. And it goes to show you that when you operate in your spirituality and manifest the life that you have, it does come true. I'm a big manifester. Like, I love to hear that because it goes to show you too, Tambra, that you were destined to be on the show because when one door closes, when when the other female decided not to do the show, it opened the door for you to come in and make your mark. So let's talk about the first season. Knowing that a reality show <laughs> was not on your bucket list. Look, look I have to tell you this story. I have to tell because you just said something that made me think about it. You just said something. You just said something. That was not on my vision board when it came to own an Oprah. Before, the year before, there was a reality show that was com- trying to come to Jackson that actually interviewed <gasps> me. That was a reality show that was trying to come to Jackson that actually interviewed me. And it was something I, I, I would give you a little insight about it, you know, since we're talking. But they interviewed ladies and men that were very kind of like super successful. And they were like, they kept saying the word rich. OK, like, so I remember to make a long story short, I remember calling this guy who had interviewed me and I said, I don't think this is for me. I just really, I don't think I'm a fit for this. And he told me, and it was a Caucasian man, he said, you're making the biggest mistake because opportunities like this will never come around again. A year later, you came around. So trust, trust. And that show never was picked up. So here's some tea for my raindrops. I know exactly what show you're talking about, Tambra. So I'm not, listen, people think I'm messy. I'm not really messy because I would say the name of the networks, but but, but I'll, I'll say this. Yes. I'll say this. Two cable networks were trying to do a show in Jackson, Mississippi around the time that I was figuring things out with Bell Collector. One network is a major network, major cable network, and they wanted to do a franchise in Jackson. So much so, one of the ladies that I wanted to be a part of my show um, long story short, she turned me down and she said, no, I'm going to go over here because this network is more mainstream. And she said to the other cast members who are still on the show, Shade, she told them, come over on this show <laughs> because it's going to be a better look for us because it's more, listen, I'm just going to be real with y'all. She inferred that because this network had more white audiences, right, Tambra? She felt... You're right. You're absolutely yeah, right. This network had more white audiences, and a lot of people felt that white is right. And she decided not to do Bell Collector because she felt it was going to be ghetto, and she felt like, I am going to be the queen bee of this other show. And um, all I'm going to say is that show did not get picked up. They shot a pilot and Bell Collective is coming on their second season and the rest is history. But I digress, honey. And I, and I spoke about this to Aikisha yes. because Aikisha talked about how, you know, she, she was approached to do Real Housewives of New Jersey. And one thing I always tell my listeners is this. You can't always go for the shiny penny. 
there is something interesting about being a big fish in a small pond. And, and in no way am I saying um, I'm a small pond or whatever, or anything I'm, I'm attached to is a small pond. A lot of people in the Black community feel like white is right. And they will turn down an opportunity to work with a Black organization, person, because they feel like it's too small for them. And as a creator of reality TV, I get that a lot from my Black counterparts who I may want to hop on a show. And I had a conversation with a cast member, one of my shows, and she was like, you know, I, I just wish our shows had more eyeballs. And I said, actually, your shows have enough eyeballs because look at Melody Holt. She had three singles reach number one, and there's other girls on other networks who can't even get a number one single. For me, I believe every platform I have has a purpose of its own. Yes. <laughs> I got to get into your first season. A lot of people leave nasty comments on the pages, girl, and they love to read you for filth. You had that experience season one. People talked about your hair, Tambra. They talked about your voice. They talked about everything associated with you. What was it like? Makeup. <laughs> makeup. 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 Everything. Everything. What was it like for the first time experiencing being in front of the camera weekly and being judged? Was that hard for you? No. And I'll tell you that because it wasn't. Because actually, I had gone through that when I guest host on Bring It. And in Bring It, you're dealing with kids and children who were always on Twitter. And so I dealt with that when I was guest hosting on Bring It. Like, people were like, who is this? She looks like a little broker version of Nicki Minaj. Who is this girl? Who is this hosting? Like, you see the... Like, like when you deal with kids, honey. You do have to think about this industry already prepared me for Bell Collective. Because at the end of the day, everyone is a critic in radio. So all God did was prepare me for what was next. That's all he did. That is it. And that's just the truth. So when it came to that... No. One thing I can honestly say, I'm always going to stay grounded and I'm always going to have a positive attitude. That's what, and I'm, I'm going to stay that way. And it took a while to get here. I grew up in this industry. Think about it. I've been here since I was in college. I've gone through a lot. So that doesn't bother me. There are so many people, more people that absolutely love you. And sometimes people dislike the way people love you and they'll hate you for that just because of the way other people look at you and love you. And you have to understand that. So every, like I said before, every platform has a purpose. And for me, it has to have a purpose. And Bell Collective has a strong purpose purpose for me. Yes, we are going to entertain you, but in the same time, you're going to be informed. You're going to be inspired. You're going to be motivated. We're going to encourage you. You're going to be able to see something in all of us that you're going to be able to relate to. That's what's important. And I'll be honest with you. I got a call from my high school, from someone in my high school this morning that watched last week's episode. And I'll be honest, I have not even seen it all because <laughs> I will be totally honest. But Aikisha and I went to the same high school. 
She wanted us. I guess it's bullying going on with girls. Aww. How do you deal with that? She wanted us to come and speak to young women to see how you resolve issues and you stick together and show sisterhood. That came off of Bell Collective. That's the things that's important to me. That's purpose. That's what I love about it. I, I, I love hearing that because, you know, listen, producing reality TV as a black man, I get a lot of shade just based on, oh my God, look at you, it's always drama, it's stereotyping. It's like, girl, shut up. Like, at the end of the day, there is a bigger message here. And if you want to just focus on what you want to focus on, that's on you, sis. But I know that my purpose is I have given so many opportunities to black people in front of and behind the camera. I have given more opportunities to Black women in front and behind the camera. I have given more opportunities to the LGBTQIA plus community in front and behind the camera. So I don't care what anyone says about Bell Collective, Love and Marriage, Huntsville, The Encore, the list goes on and on. I know that I am building generational wealth, not only for myself, but for the people who are associated with me. Because I know what it feels like to not have anyone support you. Tambor knows the same thing. You are such an inspiration, Tambor, because when it comes to your storyline specifically, what I love about your honesty is you represent the career woman who said in her 20s and 30s, you know what? I, I, I got I to gotta focus on my career. I got to... There, there, there's, there's a place in my life that I want to be at. And you decided that after 40, you know what? I want to have a baby. The time is now. And you are educating Black women through the television screen about, listen, maybe don't wait until your 40s to decide to do something with your fibroids and, and, and eggs. Try maybe doing that in your 20s or 30s. And that messaging has come across. And that is the reason why Bell Collective is the number one docu-series on Friday nights. Like, thank you. And I, I, I'm, a part, I'm happy to be a part of it because our stories matter. No, it does, it does. And listen, what comes with being on reality television, yes, is spreading the message of success and being an inspiration, but it also talks about some very deep issues and, and experiencing sometimes, um, you know, issues within friendships. It's no secret that you and Aikisha um, went to high school together and that over the course of just years, y'all kept in touch, not being best friends or being close friends, but just kept in touch. It was revealed on the reunion that you allegedly made it seem to Letitia and Latrice that you did not want Aikisha a part of the cast. Aikisha was on this podcast and she felt like after the reunion, she doesn't understand the relationship that you and her have. What was it about that initial conversation you had with Letitia and Latrice where they both felt that Tambra does not want Aikisha on the show? Okay, let, let's clear that up. <laughs> let's clear that up since we're here. That's not true. That's absolutely not true that I did not want her. That's insane. That's not true. Now... Since we're here and we're off camera, when it comes to the comment that I made as far as her being very blunt, 
because I do believe Aikisha is very blunt. She's been blunt with me. Aikisha's she yes, is. absolutely. I remember that from high school. Akisha said some things to me in high school that I was like, dang, she is blunt. Like, <laughs> she is. Like, you know, and I did say she will throw some shade. I said that. But let's be clear. I initially said that to a producer, not to the girls. So when it came to Aikisha coming on, I asked Aikisha herself before casting and everything. I say, are you going to come to Jackson? I had a conversation with her. So when she said yes, that was it. That was it for me. That was it. But when I talked to Letitia, I did tell her, look, she is blunt and she going to throw shade. Letitia was all for it. Letitia was like, this is what we need. Yes, it wasn't an issue. I, I, I definitely hear what you're saying. And then listen, one of the things that really struck a, struck a nerve with the, with the bells was the comment about Aikisha allegedly calling the girls ugly or saying they're not cute, right? So let's just say for argument... Why, why would it... Go ahead. Why would it strike a bit... Like, why would it strike a nerve if you think that she's not talking about you? Well... I mean, why would it strike a nerve? <laughs> Latrice said it. I know she's not talking about me, and she left it alone. So when you tell the girls that... I didn't tell the girls. I told a producer. That's why I said that's where it's that's where the miscommunication comes. And I told Letitia. Did Letitia go back and tell the, the girls? I, I, I'm giving you the I'm giving you the real. No, truth. give me the real truth. <laughs> this is reality yes. with the king. I'm giving you. Yes, and so I'm going to give you the reality. I told Letitia, and I used that as an example when she said, "As far as blunt, what do you mean?" And I'll be honest. I don't want to give the reunion too much away. It was something that she saw. It was really something she saw. She had not met the girls yet. She saw something and she did not. And she was just like, oh, girl, they didn't have any. And she didn't use the word ugly. She was like, they didn't have any more. And that's why I said it was. She was like, oh, she's blunt like that. It was never an issue. Let, let's get into it. Because the first four <laughs> letters of reality with the king, honey, is real. So let's talk, sis. A lot of people on Twitter have said they felt like Letitia was a ghost producer. Um, a lot of people, including me, will call that a force multiplier. It's, it's sort of the, the cast member who who moves story around. Um, but Letitia has been accused of being a ghost producer by the fan. Meaning, she she goes and tells people things, or they feel like she has her hands in a lot of the stuff. Do you feel like Letitia may have set you up so that there could be drama at the hands of Tambra Cherie? I feel like that's the only reason I told Letitia that because I did feel like she had a hand in um, the creation and creator of the show. So when we're talking about casting, that was why I used that example when I said, yes, she's going to be blunt. And yes, she's going to throw shade. I did not lie. Aikisha brought all that and I was here for it. <laughs> so to be honest, I did not tell a lie none whatsoever. Like, it's just the reality of it. I That's what she, she brought a lot. And to me, they were excited about that. So I didn't really understand when it came. But I like I did say, when we were filming, I was told, well, Tamara, they say you don't have drama. I felt like I had plenty of drama going on, to be honest with you. <laughs> I felt like Oh, that. no, you did. That's I why. I felt like I had plenty that's of why drama. I'm, oh, you absolutely did. And we're going to get into that, too. But that's why... That's why, for me, I'm so confused by it. And a lot of people saw at the reunion, I was very confused, and so was Marie. To me, it felt like 
Letitia and Latrice had something on you that they didn't want to reveal. And it, it appeared that you were in the hot seat and it affected how Aikisha saw you. Did you feel that at the reunion too? I, I mean, I kind of felt like, I, I didn't feel like I had just friends. Is that what you're saying? I felt like that they really, that's why I asked the question. I felt like I didn't say anything for you to even feel that way, to be honest. I felt like there was nothing I said for you to feel that way. That's why I'm like, what did I say? I don't even talk about people. So what did I say for you to feel that way? And my intention was, I thought I was helping get her here. That's all it was. I didn't mean anything for it to be bad. Like, that was never the case. That was never the case at all. When it came to casting, I thought I was helping. Ooh, Okay. All right. Well, we cleared that up. Okay. So it all in all, you felt like me, me talking about Aikisha's characteristics, let's say that, is me helping to get her on the show because the show needs somebody who's blunt. Because one thing, one thing we no, no I get it now. I see all my it took all that girl. Now I get it. Because one thing we know about Southern Bells, oftentimes Southern Bells aren't. Are, aren't in your face, Shady. They're very sly, Shady. They they talk behind your back, Shady. Uh, but in your face, they're very much like, hey, girl, what's tea? But you felt like, nah, Aikisha is going to be blunt up in your face, and that's what this show needs. And now I get it. Yes, and that's what it needs. And a lot of people don't like people they cannot control. And you can't control Aikisha. And that's what I love about her. And a lot of people feel that when you can't control a person, they want to have some type of control. And if you don't have control, that becomes a threat. And I love that about her because I know you can't control her. And that's what I like. That's the per- That's the characteristic that you want. Our families, Aikisha and our families are intertwined. Like I know like that some of the, that's, they are intertwined. And we have cousins that are cousins. My, my father grew up with her mom. Like, our grandparents knew each other. So it's like, that's why I said, like, you know, I I know she's big on family just like me. So I look at Aikisha a different way because I look at her as family. And you can argue with family. I have 30 first cousins. Notice I said first cousins. I come from a big family. We can have a disagreement. And once we have a disagreement, we're playing at 6 o'clock and we had a disagreement at 12. That's the type of family I come from. Well, Aikisha said on Reality with the King that it's going to be hard for her to get past y'all beef. And she said that she thought she was able to get past it, but she can't. And that she's going to have, and I quote... Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> she, yeah, she said, and I quote... Oh, I didn't know that. I'm going to let Tamba run around behind Letitia like a lap dog um, because that's the same woman who brought her man's, you know, side chick on the show. Oh, I, I didn't know that. <laughs> so, look, 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 that's news to me. I, I didn't know that. This was after the reunion because I talked to her. I dropped some gifts off for her kids. She said this last week, girl. Oh, yeah. I, I, well, you know what? Look, <laughs> like, like, I did not know that. <laughs> like, but at the same time. Well, how do you feel knowing that now, sis? I, I still feel Go the ahead. same. I, I still feel the same. I'm not, that's not going to change how I feel. Like, at the end of the day, that's not going to change how I feel. You know, and I, I say people try to play sides. Like, I've heard things that they try to tell me Akisha said about me. That stuff goes in one ear and really goes out the other. That's why I say I'm built a little different. I've heard things like, I don't know if they're true. I don't care, to be honest. I go off of people how they treat me. And that's still the same, how she treats 
me. That's what's important. Mm. If Aikisha's out there and I'm passing by and she's outside fighting on the side of the road, I'm pulling over, taking my shoes, and I'm helping her. But the crazy thing about that, Carlos, I would do that for each and every one of these ladies on the show, even if they would not do it for me. That's my character. That is my character. I'm used to cheering for people who do not cheer for me, and I'm okay with that. I will always be that way. That's not going to change. And that's the truth. Did it hurt your feelings when you saw that your cast members brought the decorator in my timbre voice? Because <laughs> Tabra, Tabra, oh. real toxic. When you say the decorator, it sends me. I, I, me <laughs> and the, 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 the fans of the show have definitely caught on with your emphasis of decorator. I think it's hilarious, but... The decorator, that's, I mean, that's what she is. She will never be able to say that I kept her name in my mouth. That will not happen. That will not did happen. It, and be real. because Not, not saying you haven't been real. You're always real. But did it hurt your feelings, though, Tamara, a little bit, knowing that you had to watch your co-stars and your friends film with her? And bring her around. Yes. Yes, because I would never do that to them. And I've had plenty of chances. I've had people calling this radio station. I work at a radio station. I have people calling. I have people with stories. I have people giving names and dates. I don't entertain any of that. People come to me all the time. Bring me on the show. Bring the... I don't entertain any of that. That's why I said, you can't expect you from everyone. I wouldn't have done it. You saw my parents. They've been married for, what, 52, 53 years? My grandparents, they've been married for 50 years. I was always taught that a relationship is between two people. And that's the success of a relationship. No one matters but the two of you. I don't speak on their relationships because it's not my business to speak. These are marriages. These are marriages. I don't speak on their marriages. That's just me. Everyone is different. But I learned you can't expect you from other people. Just be true to yourself. Speaking of relationships, we saw at the reunion that you and Damond are living together and having unprotected sex. Yeah! Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Who would have? Oh my! Goodness. I know that's a lot to celebrate, but I listen, girl, work. Oh my goodness! How- are things between you and Damon now? Because one thing about Damon, and a lot of people did not get a chance to see all the behind-the-scenes stuff of me and Damon. When I say I love Damon, he's such a good guy. Damon is a homegrown Mississippian. And all jokes aside, like, he and I have a great time when we're together. I think he's such a good guy. And I, I listen, no cap, I adore Damon. I really do. And I adore him a lot because at the end of the day, he did not have to come on the show because we saw that other people's man did not come on the show, child. So I appreciate Damon for doing that. How does it feel knowing that a lot of people thought like, Tambra, this relationship is fake. He's not really into you. It's obvious he's cheating on you. Did that do a number on you reading these things and hearing that low-key some of your castmates felt the same way? Yeah, to be honest with you, well, when it comes to castmates, it's just really let me know how they really don't know me. Because if you know me, you would actually know him. And real people who know me know him. And so it did, but I actually, when it came to Demond, I honestly felt 
not the best for him because I always knew the truth. And because first and foremost, you can't cheat on someone that you're not with. That's just the truth of it. So for me, it hurts to see him so upset and so hurt because he's here because he wanted me back. That's the only reason he's here. That was the only reason he's a part because he actually came in a part of my life where he's working to get me back. Last season, you guys had a whole thing, (laughs) ex-boyfriend. So you have to think about that when we were not together. And so when we do make this decision to maybe let's try this again, because Damon and I, we were apart for many years. We were apart. And I don't know if the viewers realize that, that we were actually apart for so long. And throughout those years, you grow. You really do. So when you have this like, okay, well, let's try it again. And soon as you try it again, it's like you're hit with he's cheating. And he knew he did not cheat. He, he knew that. Like, so, and he's such a behind the scenes person that he's not, he didn't know how to deal with that. You know, he felt like he didn't have a voice. He did not know how to deal with it whatsoever. He's used to being very supportive of me and encouraging me through everything because I've always been at the forefront. So now when he's hit, I'm trying to still encourage him. I'm still trying to teach him how to deal with that. And that does take a strain because our focus now, it becomes off of us and we're focused on other things. I always say whatever you focus on grows. That's why I don't give a lot of things the energy because you're only adding to it. Whatever you focus on grows. So when I took that focus off us and we started putting on other things, it took it, it, took it off of us. And so we're at a halt when we were really working to build something, but then we came at a a, a stop sign because we're dealing with other things. And I'm trying to teach him how to get through. This is not his industry at all. He's not used to that. He's not used to critics. He's not used to people talking about him. Like he's not used to that. And unfortunately, you know, I I am because I it took a while to get here. Think about how many years I've been here. That takes a while to build up. So I was used to it, but he wasn't. So it takes a strain on him because he's having to hear it, although he's never he still never sit down and watch the show because he just can't. He gets it from his mom, his sisters that are mad, his 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 family that are calling from Chicago and with they they're mad, they're hot, like his mom is upset, like she doesn't know this person, she's hot, his sisters, his cousins, they want to fight. <laughs> like they are hot. <laughs> they are just yes, they are so upset. And his friends, and then his job, people on the, they're joking with him at work. And like, you know, so he's getting it all at one time, and he just was not prepared for it whatsoever to someone that he actually thought we were all friends. So that's why I wanted to make sure that um, he and I had some FaceTime before we started the reunion. And I'm like I said, I I, I personally adore Damon and my interactions with him has been nothing but positive. Listen, he's great. And what you said is so good. Like what you focus on grows. So with that being said, is there a growing baby in your belly? <laughs> Do you see how black his stomach is? <laughs> so 
So I can honestly say, no, I'm not pregnant yet. I will say that because when you're having a good time, time flies. You're enjoying yourself. You're building your brand. You're not thinking you like your focus becomes on you and building and you're having a good time in the process. So that's how all that time flies. And you're like, wow, you know, family. I don't have a family yet. I do want that. I want that. You know, my parents are getting older now, you know, so it's a lot of things, but it's still like, I want to be able to take care of them when they're older. And for you to do that, I have to have a very successful, successful career. I love you. I adore you. I I want you to hear this from me. And I, I, and I want to say this publicly. Thank you so much for being a part of Bell Collective. Like I stated at the top of this interview, you are not even supposed to be on the show. And the fact that God allowed one door to close, another to open, you walk through it. We got a chance to meet. You are just as much a part of the success of Bell Collective as I am. And I want to thank you so much for giving your life to this show, your your honesty to this show, your whimsicalness to this show. All of that factored into the success of Bell Collective. And I want to say thank you so much, Tamara Sheree. And look, we'll see if we're able to do this all over again. And if we do, honey, oh, baby, it is going to be a ride. Yes! So, Tamara, tell the girls and the guys where they can find you, follow you, support you, and all the things you have going on. Well, first, let me say thank you, too. As well as follow me. Yes, you can follow me on my Instagram, at Tambra Everything is pretty much my name. And you keep saying if. Let me say, we speak things into existence when we do this again. (laughs) You will have another successful season. What I loved about our conversation is the fact that we were able to go on a deeper spiritual level just in regards to how you need to manifest what you want out of life. Baby, that is power, and I love it. What I also love is, yes, OWN just announced that Bell Collective is coming out with a new season. Woo! Buckle up, because it's about to get even better and juicier. Thank you for listening to Reality with the King. New episodes drop every Wednesday and Friday. Share, comment, follow, and subscribe to Reality with the King wherever you get your podcast. Visit realitywiththeking.com and be sure to follow me at thecarlosking underscore on Instagram and Twitter. Tweet me your thoughts and hot takes about this episode using the hashtag realitywiththeking. Reality with the King is a production of More Sauce by Stitcher. It is executive produced by me, Carlos King, and Jasmine Henley-Brown. We are also produced by LaChique Lotus-Lee and LaPortia Thomas. Additional production support by Corinne Wallace and Alexis Williams. Engineering and music by Marcus Hall. More Sauce.